the great Detective Pikachu! Pikachu! Pika! Pika, Pika! Pika! <laughs> See that? She really likes me. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Hello there, and welcome to our small, smoky office slashed through by beams of light coming through wood shutters and casting uh, contrasting shadows all over the entire office. Oh, sorry. Sorry, listener. I'll have to get back to you in a moment. I got a case. A tall drink of water called... Sorry, not tall. Very short drink of water (laughs) called... Detective Feebosh is here. Joshua Fjallstead, welcome. I know I'm a Feebosh. By the way, my name is Detective Tanber. Okay, Tanner Green. It's not that much better. Um, well, here's the thing about, before you ask, mm-hmm. will I be able to evolve into a beautiful melodic someday? No, not you, because it's a, it's a beauty evolution. You have to have high beauty. You don't think I have high beauty? I think if you had high beauty, it wouldn't be a Feebosh. I could use a haircut and maybe a shave, but... Anyway, but I'm a I'm a gruff detective. I don't want to look all clean cut. I'm a human man detective. Right, canonically. Named Detective Tanner Greenring. And I'm have this sidekick Feeboss detective Pokémon. Okay. Who is unusually helpful. Okay. I would say. Well, thank you. I thought you were Tanber. I'm very confused who's a human and who's a Pokémon. I think in the sort of like loose kind of structure of the intro for this three-episode arc that we're already spending way too much time talking about. Yeah, we can't really invest this much time in it. The nicknames, for me, don't persist past the nickname segment. Okay, got it. But the nickname for you becomes the Pokemon detective sidekick that you are for that week. Okay, so I'm Feeboss this week. That's an upgrade from Floette, I think. Is it? Yeah. I like its handle. Makes it easy for you, easier to carry you around. Like a piece of luggage. What's the case this week? Well, our case continues to be sort of studying the bigger philosophical questions about the Pokemon universe, some of the characters that inhabit the Pokemon universe, uh, thinking about our place in the Pokemon universe, certainly, and our impact on it. Mm -hmm. But we are carefully tracking the work of uh, gumshoe detective Tim Human in Rhyme City. That's right. He's trying to solve the... um, They keep calling it a disappearance of his father, but this week we got a little more intel and apparently his father drove off a cliff and hasn't been seen since. That's what we find out from Carlos being interrogated, right? The crooked scientist. Yeah. So I'm starting to think that we can maybe close this case. I'm thinking he died in a car accident. But Carlos revealed that it wasn't necessarily a driver's mistake and that Perhaps Harry was actually attacked by the mysterious person who was funding Carlos's research into R. R research. Knowing too much. Sorry, that makes it sound like a pirate. It's not a pirate thing. It's like R like rocket. That was last season. No pirates. No. A rage. Did you notice that there was a an ominous Pokemon floating? Up in the sky? I did. Right around the ridge where Harry went off the edge? Yeah, he was like studying 
me. This is like the interlude yeah. between chapter three and four when Detective Pikachu and Tim Goodman, aka Human, are hanging out around where Harry like went off the cliff. And then you see this stunning floating figure up in the night sky. Mm-hmm. Mewtwo. Mewtwo. Yeah, it's interesting that there's a mysterious person involved and then there's this mysterious Pokemon here. We later learn that um, Mewtwo's cells were harvested in the creation of R. Right. And like mistakenly, well, we're getting ahead. We're getting ahead. We're getting ahead. Sorry. We're, we're showing you the big board full of red strings a little too early this week. Let's take a step back because I got news for you, Josh. What's that? It's Carnival! Carnival. Pokemon Carnival. Pokemon Carnival is here at Rhyme City. At least someone's happy today. What's with Ludicolo? Yeah, I don't know. Seems happier than usual, right? The Pokemon Carnival? What is that? A carnival. Whoa, that was a good guess. Yeah, the Pokemon Carnival. Ludicolo and I are really pumped. So what is it? Ah, I thought you knew about it. Well, the Pokemon Carnival is the biggest festival in Rhyme City. People and Pokemon from all over the world come to it, and things can really heat up. The parade at the end is the best part. Here, we'll give you a little preview. Somehow that performance doesn't quite sell it for me. It's Pokemon Carnival, and it's the one-year anniversary of what sounded like a pretty horrifying incident at Fine Park. But as you know, we're still hot on the trail of, I don't remember, but we have to go to something (laughs) called Kapuchi Island. (laughs) Oh, Dad. Dad's disappearance. Yeah, It's all coming back to me now. Kapuchi Island is home to the infamous Dr. Wall a retired scientist who developed the chemical R that's infuriating all these Pokemon. That's right. So we're going to go confront him on his island home. Dr. Moreau. Is that it? Who was, a, who was that crazy scientist who lived out on an island? It's like that old movie. Yeah, he's like crossbred animals or like sewed them together. Yeah. Yeah. Zavago? No, it wasn't Dr. Zavago. It was, it was Dr. Um, what was the first one you said? Whatever I said. Moreau? Yeah, it was Dr. Moreau. The island of Dr. Moreau? Yeah. That's it. Dr. Zhivago's like a, I think like a Russian <laughs> Holocaust story. God, I remember watching Dr. Moreau when I was a kid somehow, and I was extremely disturbed. And I'm seeing now that it's not particularly well regarded. Oh, is it not? Is it Val Kilmer? Am I remembering that correctly? The 1996 one. Sorry, there was two? Yeah, I didn't know that there was a 1996 remake. Wow. We should probably talk about the chapter this week that we played. Here we are, the island of Capucci, not Moreau. And we're here to find Dr. Wall, not Moreau. Right. Amanda's got a boat. She's like, hop in. So we just get in Amanda's boat and cruise out to Capucci Island. She's a like certified boat operator, a captain. Amanda's the captain now. But there's this whole subplot where Detective Pikachu the whole time is like, oh God, we're gonna have to get in the boat with Amanda. I can't believe this. Like we're all gonna die. 
worried about. Come on, Tim. Can't you tell her to slow it down? Pika, Pika! It sounds like Pikachu's having a good time. Implying that she's like a very bad driver. I was just curious, is this subjective? Or is it objective that Amanda's bad at driving? And I'm still on the case of whether or not Detective Pikachu is a misogynist. But here's my concern. <laughs> I don't know where this game is headed. <laughs> and I will next week, because we're finishing next week. Right. But I have a hunch that Detective Pikachu may end up being someone pretty dear to Tim Human. Uh-huh. Based on... Just sort of what I'm, some patterns I'm seeing in the game and also the fact that it happened in the movie that way. <laughs> yeah, and th there have been some pretty um, interesting interactions between Detective Pikachu and Amanda in particular, if you recall last week, where Amanda said that she would not talk about Harry to Tim, his son. Yeah. Right. Here's my worry. The character of Detective Pikachu... Should it come to be someone who's very important to the plot of the game and Tim Human, mm -hmm. I'm not sure they've they've enchanted me enough with his sort of like casual misogyny <laughs> and just like general gruffness. No. So. No, I haven't particularly either. I'll be curious to see how that resolves, I guess, next week. Um, and again, it's just sort of I'm going off impulse here. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. You've got that real uh, natural detective sense. I'm telling you. Here we are, Capucci Island, a lovely little place. It's sort of um it's like um it's like a city simulator game. I'm back on island time. Yeah, it's sort of an experimental community run by timbers. Timber transport. Who kind of network across the island. It's very Bezos. Kind of solving all these supply line issues. In this case, Louise is Bezos, I think. I think Louise is Bezos. Yeah. The girl boss, entrepreneur. And bad, notab notably, the villain of this entire section. Oh, okay. All right, well, I don't know why they would keep listening. They already know this. We have three of these fucking sections to cover, Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a developer, and she's trying to buy Dr. Walls's place out house. He's at the end of the row. There's four houses in this town, on the main drag, at least. And uh, we find out that she wants to redevelop his property into a resort or something. It's lovely out here and I see, I get the instinct. So we meet the local inhabitants. First, after getting off the boat, we run into a ducklet that's struggling, but oh yeah, not struggling. There's a lot of injured Pokemon on this island. Yes, but you you ruined my, my transition. Sorry, go ahead, take another approach. Swing around, take another approach. The ducklet is struggling but it is not struggling to be Joshi's sweetie. Good, very good. It's got a sweet little voice. Something's wrong with that Pokemon. No, I think it's injured. Hey. Are you all right? We need to get it some help. Hey, what are you doing? Hmm? What? Get away from Ducklet! Aw, you poor thing. This could sting just a little. There you go. All better. Another one injured. It's really weird. You saved it. I mean, it's a fucking little duck. I mean, what? 
I love it. Uh, obviously. It's injured. It's got this sort of like injured baby kind of look to it. So it's easy to fall in love with. It is nursed back to health by a potion. A from ranger. Him. A Pokemon yeah. ranger comes out of nowhere. Aspirational, I would say. healing spray. I don't on know it. if he's qualified. Credentialed. Well, let's talk about him. I just want to quickly finish up on Ducklet, though, because I want to give you space to say what you love about Ducklet. But I also just want to say, in relation to Quaquaval, yeah. Ducklet really got robbed from that line. Yeah. Man. Like, there was already a little <laughs> cute blue duck. And then they're just like, let's just make a new cute blue duck that's a starter. And also, its final evolution is, like, really cool looking and not a swan. Oh, not like a, a goose in a bra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know if I would say cool. Quaquaval is really cool looking. I think it's pretty cool looking. Okay. Am I going to come to regret that by the time we get to Scarlet Violet? Maybe. Yeah. I'm not making it a sweetie or anything. I will reserve. Hey, it's not. A, that's not our. That's not our place yet. We're a generation, two generations away from that. But was Ducklet robbed? Yes, we can agree. Ranger danger. back for a limited time milo yeah our virgil for our journey through this dante's inferno nice he claims to be a pokemon ranger he does we do see him heal a few pokemon with potions along the way but just as an overall impression i think if this was my first exposure with pokemon rangers i wouldn't be impressed he doesn't even have sleeves no can't even be bothered no, he's super casual about it, and that is not what you want out of a ranger. The rangers that we're used to are surviving out in the depths of the wilderness in like- And where's this hologram with Pouring rain surrounded by tall grass with cool hats and fucking adventurer clothes and fatigues and yeah, whips. Light whips. This guy is like a ranger school dropout, probably. I don't like him. <laughs> no, I don't like him either. I have more to say about him, but I'll wait. I will not jump ahead. I will, will resist the instinct to jump ahead. But it's it, the, the chapter cleans up pretty nicely for Milo and his best friend Pokemon. Yeah, I would say so. There's some fog here is the kind of first thing we encounter. And off in the distance, the bridge is broken. To get to the lake where you can... To get to the lake on the other side of the village. Where we want to go investigate the fog, yeah. And off in the fog, you can see these sort of like haunting eyes floating around. Very scary. Looks like a big... Gengar or something. I don't know. Scare warning for that. And there's a bunch of them. There's something dark out there. And all these Pokemon keep getting injured. Some dork energy. And like washing up on shore. Dork sagging. Yeah. So we got to figure all this shit out. Once again, it's a mess and we got to clean it up. Yeah. We have to jump through a whole shitload of hoops. We have to like get a map um, that has a riddle on it. And we it was like the fucking Hobbit. And like we had to solve the <laughs> riddle to like... Find a spot where you kind of like spot some rocks. A secret path. There's one time in this game, which I admitted to you, I saved for last night. And that's my fault. And I own that. Tanner played this entire, but, all three chapters last night. But you sometimes hit these skids in this game where it's like you just run out of options. You've checked everything. You've seen everything. You've had every conversation. And then it ends up being like it was in this case where there's some like stones that have no visual indicator on them. Pikachu doesn't light up when you're near them or anything along those lines. Yeah. You just have to kind of know where to look for them and then tap on Pikachu. And then he'll be like, oh, hey, there's scales on these stones. I think we found the secret path. 
Right. And it's the kind of things like that when you're too lazy to go look up the walkthrough or when the walkthroughs are, are written like <laughs> like someone was on peyote when they wrote them. <laughs> yeah, the, the walkthroughs are really unhinged for this game. I mean, God bless they're them and they're super like, useful. Stream of consciousness, like surrealism. like. <laughs> but when you're trying to figure out like where to go next and it, you feel like you're reading like a, a William Carlos William poem, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> Where am I? Like, when am I, what happens next? Right. You just kind of got to click on a lot of shit. For me, at least, there's a certain hesitation, and this will become very prominent in the third chapter that we're going to cover this week, where I have a, re a reluctance to use the walkthroughs, both because of the surrealist aspect, and then also, this is a baby game. This is a more baby game than the other games. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have to look at a fucking walkthrough. Eventually, you should just be able to click your way through anything. For Detective Goddamn Pikachu. Like, the quick time events, the quick time events, and <laughs> when you're doing the, like, pull the mask off and confront everyone with Pikachu events. Yeah. You can just keep getting wrong as many times as you want. Right. You can go through the whole multiple choice list of things that Pikachu gives you, and he'll just be like, Nope, not quite right. Think again and just yeah. go back until you get the right one. And then it'll like trigger the cutscene. But there are certain parts where you will get stonewalled. Yep. And perhaps you've racked your big adult brain and you can't figure out baby puzzle. Turns out we're not the only operation in town this week, because there's this guy here who's my investigator danger, and I'm floating that. Oh, the crooked cop? Yeah, Brad. Oh, yeah, I was going to give him a trainer danger, but he's not a trainer. He's a he's an investigator. investigator. Okay, good. Yeah, investigator and danger. And gator's a slant rhyme with danger. Yeah. And we're, you know, by a lake. Gator, I don't know. This dude is, I just, I can't get a read on this guy. You know? Oh, I'm firmly... He's incredibly standoffish. Firmly anti-Brad. He's incredibly standoffish. He's belittling. He's always, like, fussing with his hair and making, like, declarative statements and, and condescending to everyone involved. He thinks he has the entire case, like, buttoned up. Oh, yeah. He, he, he doesn't. He thinks Dr. Walls is crooked and he's just trying yeah. to lock him up and close the case. Literally every single person and Pokemon you talk to on this island is like, oh, Brad's a great guy. Yeah. Just like incredible public service. Amanda like, calls him so friendly and so funny. Genuinely warm, intelligent, like great father. What's happening? Great member of the community. <laughs> and then you go to talk to him and he's just like, fuck you, child. <laughs> I'll see you rotten hell before you solve this case before me. Oh, I heard your dad's dead. Good. Yeah. <laughs> he put a cigarette butt out on Detective Pikachu's head. He spent all night in the burn ward. Um, I just can't get a read on this guy, but he's, he haunts you through this entire plot. Yeah. Trying to like, just really push through this conviction on Dr. Walls. Right, and I guess we skipped over, like, the whole thing is, like, we discover the fog was being put up by masquerades, A mystery Pokemon right? has been hurting Pokemon. We uncover that it's a Crawdon. And it's a Crawdon that was, like, delivered by a mysterious box that the Timber sent out to the lake, which is not normally a delivery location. Someone has set up a fake location to make this Crawdon go crazy. Yeah, and Brad is trying to pin it all on Dr. Walls. But... 
Tim goes out there, does the footwork, realizes that it's not Dr. Walls, but in fact, what's her name? Louise. Louise. Who's sort of the CEO of this island. I guess islands have CEOs here. <laughs> yeah. I have to say this. Because it's another like corpo, corpo town. <laughs> I have a couple things to say. Okay. My first is Tanny Sweetie's out here, Polywag. Yeah, in fact, I almost made Polywag Joshies too. They're really great. Like, Polly, Polly, Polly. Yeah, love them. Reaffirmed, it's like renewing my vows with my favorite Pokemon. I think I've wandered a little bit over the last few gens. We've seen some Rotoms that are interesting to me. Mm -hmm. But it's nice to be back home, you know? Oh, yeah. Bad guy shit. I'm on Brad's side. What? At the end when like you're pitching the two stories and Brad is like, I'm a detective. I did a bunch of detective work. Here's the guy who developed R. Here's a bunch of crazed Pokemon that are crazed off R. And we found evidence from his house on the scene of the crime. Uh-huh. Like it's like Occam razors. And then Tim comes in and he's like, no, no, no. Here's what happened. A sticker was put on another sticker to confuse some timbers to bring a box with a crawdon out to a tumbled down statue so that it would start hurting Pokemon and depreciating land values. And a bunch of masquerades came in and made it foggy. And that's when I showed up. Right. I'm on Brad's side. It's a little too convoluted for you. Sure. Tim was right. Right. But... Come on. You would rather just close the case and just lock up whoever? I think if Tim wasn't so lucky in getting some of the evidence that he did, right. I think Brad's lead are the best we have to go off of. Well, and this guy's career is ruined, probably. Probably. Yeah, I'd be embarrassed. Some kid just figured it out. Or adult. It's hard to say. Like Once again, they just can't seem to quite understand what, I don't how, know, old, 16. how old Tim is. Yeah, and with the smooth animation everybody has, I don't really know how old anyone is. Except there is one man who's on the strip in Cappuccino Island who is identified as the old man, and he sits out front of his house the whole time, and you have to get testimony from everyone at one point about deliveries that they received because we're trying to figure out where the missing delivery that ended up being rerouted to the lake is from. Yeah. And... You talk to this old man and he says, oh, yeah, last week I got three packages, a camera and a tripod and whatnot. Oh, yeah. What what the hell is whatnot? Well, I'll tell you one other thing. Bombs, dildos, his little his little <laughs> placard. Yeah, because the timbers work off like this networking system where they go and deliver packages to shapes. Yeah. His little placard has been like X'd out and removed from the network. Whoa. Did you notice that? I didn't notice that. Whatever it was, it was like, he's blacklisted. <laughs> he's... Wow. That's a real da trainer danger. That's a stranger danger, maybe. Yeah. So case closed. Case closed. Lock her up. <laughs> lock her up. Yeah, lock her up. And then we're on to the Hi-Hat Cafe. There's this poor woman who's always in here. <laughs> yeah, who she's I always, always go up and ask the same two questions. And it's like... <laughs> What do you think about the recent incidents? And like, how do you like the hi-hat cafe? Right. And every time she has a new answer for me, but it's like, I imagine she's got to be pestered by all of this. No, but why doesn't she like get out of here? Why is she always here? Does maybe she she's a into problem? me. I mean, maybe she's into Tim. 
Sure. I think that would be okay, but I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, could be. Might be totally fine. We get this little, like, apartif of a case at this point. Case number five is Fine Park. There was an incident a year ago during Carnival where a Charizard sort of went berserk and burn the whole place down. <laughs> yeah, murder people. So we have to go out and like see if we can pick up any clues. We know that dad, Harry, was out there. So now it's our job to go out and sort of pick up the trail where he left off. It's really short, which is nice. Yeah, this one is a, a little bit of a respite. And it's exclusively Pokemon, which is also nice. Yeah, that's true. And it's incredibly heavy. It's like all about like processing trauma and like loss and loss yeah loneliness and like it's all tied up with like tim trying to find his father too and this like charizard that everyone looked up to is like snapped and like became a husk of himself yeah the charizard here was the pillar of the community yeah he was the protector they all liked him all these pokemon but this whole place is abandoned now and like half burned down it's like a it's like that six flags in louisiana that's like been there since katrina yeah it's all abandoned. You can wander around and talk to all these Pokemon. There's some pretty funny ones here. There's an Alakazam who's like also here doing an investigation, I think. Just like his own sort of like private Pokemon investigation. Yeah, I could see that. He said that at one point. He was like, I'm here investigating too. Alakazam is kind of like an investigative looking yeah. Pokemon and it's got like psychic abilities. So that's probably useful. Super useful, I imagine. Hypno would be a really good and terrifying detective i don't want to think about hypno in this world (laughs) fine park had also a new pokemon type that i wanted to introduce called the ugh make me cringe pokemon oh and i usually don't like cringe stuff i don't like being like a cringe cringing but there's a smearle here smearle yeah And I don't think we've described this yet, but every time you meet a new Pokemon in the world of Detective Pikachu, it gets a little bit of like a tight camera for a moment. Yeah. A little close up and it has a little title card and then like a little description of the Pokemon. Pokedex entry in this world that I am going to go into later on as well. Do you remember what Smeargles is? It's tried to rebrand itself as a graffiti artist Pokemon. (laughs) Yeah. It's wearing like a beret. And has like yeah. clearly like a paintbrush. And he's like, no, I'm a graffiti artist. I'm from Bushwick. Get real. So fucking sick of this shit. <laughs> Never liked Smeargle. He just lowered my estimation of him, of them. No, and this is not a believable rebrand. No, not at all. No, take it from branding expert over here. A graffiti artist, if it were truly dedicated to the craft, would not be moping around it's like busted up mural that it made of like Charizard and Litten and Skiploom like hanging out and you have to like put it back together. The Smeargle would have like used that traumatic experience and translated it into even more beautiful, challenging art, you know? Yeah, you should check out some pretty interesting work by a guy called Banksy. Might enlighten him a little bit yeah. on how this real art is made. Smeargle needs some culture. The case to be solved here is just what happened to Charizard. And it involves interviewing everyone, including a Baneri who has gotten trapped at the top of a Ferris wheel that you have <laughs> yeah. to use a series of Joltics to manipulate to get down. Because there's a Heliolisk that I guess, because it's like buds with the Baneri, will channel electricity to like 
let the Baneri go up there and then something goes wrong with the wiring. This is what happens when you do that like urbex stuff, you know, you get hurt. Yeah. You gotta be careful with that. Yeah. We discover that we don't, I don't think learn much. We just learn that Charizard snapped um, and we eventually learn. We learn in the next chapter what happened. So we may as well just get to the next chapter. Yeah. You learned that the, the Charizard was like this super chill guy and then randomly when they're literally like a pillar of the community doing the parade it just gets totally unhinged and like terrorizes everyone the mural that you complete is like charizard like carrying a litten surrounded by like gleeful skip blooms you know yeah it's really like the mr rogers of of this entire timeline yeah and now he's a murdering rampager yeah and i think he's locked up too he's fled yeah or been taken down i don't know how they deal with criminal pokemon right it's probably killed r.i.p rest in pedals i bet there was an interstitial but i don't remember what it was so let's just go to chapter six gnn after this break oh got him book them boys Welcome to the, where are we? Rhyme City? Why would it be called GNN? Amanda, I think, describes it as a small local news outfit. But then we go over there because we're trying to find out if we can prove what happened to Charizard and that it was R. And they have the tapes, supposedly. Yeah, they have the tapes. Yes. And that is where we end up seeing what happens to Charizard. Right. But we get there. It's tragic. We get there and we see a gleaming, hulking skyscraper and after going through security, we're escorted up to the 21st floor. What aspect of that is a tiny local news outfit? Yeah, it's like the biggest building in Rhyme City. So it either is like they have no conception of what a local news outfit is, or like this is just a city state, Rhyme City, and it's the only news. It's the propaganda network. Yeah, I think it's like Hong Kong and Snow Crash. Yeah. There is... A huge stage here, a huge sound studio where they film GNN, which is two of the most unlikable hosts I've ever met in my life. <laughs> two, two of the most unlikable people I've ever had to interact with in my life. <laughs> Who's that? Olga. Yeah. And um, with the other host who ends up being the bad guy. Max. For this chapter. Max Warhol. Max. A hack. Comedian and a hack. These two are wretched. Olga's got big like karen energy she's like a terror around the studio and she's got this like annoying per ugly that's constantly like getting in the way that she loves her co-workers are like oh yeah and pokemon as you know take after their trainers so this per ugly is super mean and it goes around the changing rooms and like harasses young Pokemon that could be its rivals and like puts them down and belittles them to make sure that they don't get like too haughty. Yeah. Because that's its thing. And it's the star of the show. Um, and it's missing. And we need to find it. That's our first job. Yeah, because now we're trapped because Mako, who brought us here, are like, bud, uh, she can't find the tape. She's like, you do a studio tour and I will go take a little tour. Go look for the tape. Yeah. And solve all of our problems. Apparently. And you immediately get sucked into a mystery. They're like, oh, you're a detective. You solve this one, idiot. Where's our per ugly? Yeah, we got a show coming up. So you have to like hunt down this per ugly. Turns out that it's just like in a box. Okay. Case closed. 
<laughs> yeah. It's in a box. Yeah. It it and magnemite's usually booted in. out a magnemite and then because it wanted to like have the box, I guess some kind of like cat joke. Uh and then the magnemite causes all this disruption. Yeah. The whole thing is run on like a, a network of like Pokemon slaves. Yeah. Um they've got Oh, the Yanma cams. They've got Magnemites like charging all the equipment. They've got Yan Megas like Yanmas. as camera operators. Yanmas as operators. Yeah, they fly around, which is pretty clever. I thought that mini game was really fun. I did too. There's a little mini game where you direct the Yanmas on a scene where Detective Pikachu is kind of walking through a set. Yeah, and like it was pretty fun. Ducking behind buildings and cars and like leaping up to like solve a crime. It's a yeah, it's a delight, and I think I made a pretty compelling one that they all loved. The guest on today's episode of GNN, Joshua, is the famous violinist Karina. Karina. Yeah. And her sidekick Pokemon, Krikatoon, who is my You Make Me Barf Pokemon of the Week. Oh, come on. Here's why. There's a scene where we see Krikatoon and Karina playing a song. Sounded great. But Krikatoon just kind of does this thing where it saws its arms back and forth very, like, robotically. And it's like a big, ugly bug doing it. With the mustache. And I was just like, this is awful. Where's that music coming from? In here? What are you doing, Pikachu? I've never heard such a beautiful sound. Pikachu, come on. What's wrong, Cricketune? Oh, Cricket! Oh! So sorry, didn't mean to intrude. No, it's alright. I was just a little surprised, that's all. I'm sorry. Are you going to be part of today's show? Yes. My name's Karina. N- nice to meet Cricket! you. Cricket! Cricket! <laughs> and this is my partner, Cricketune. Well, two comments. It does not make the traditional Cricketune sound. Oh, cricket! But I also was going to issue a Pokechecks yourself. Because we didn't really talk about this. You mentioned it earlier with Smeargle that every time you meet a new Pokemon, it zooms in on them and then it gives them a little subtext that's not like an, at all an official Pokedex entry. And Krikatoons... I don't know who's authorized to write this stuff. Is this canon too? Because Krikatoon is identified as a, quote, attractive middle-aged musician. Wow. Krikatoon. Ooh, cricket! Middle-aged, how are you determining that? Middle-aged for what? A Krikatoon or a human? Right. And then it's attractive. Attractive to whom? Certainly not me. Seems subjective. And then the other ones, I'm going to start making more notes of these, I guess, for our last episode. But uh, <laughs> Magnemite was handle with care. And then Perugly's was me first. Pretty good. Yeah. We learned a lot about Perugly this week. More than I ever yeah, Most to. of these are, are kind of like a joke or like directly sort of like making fun of the Pokemon. Perugly's in a really gross way. I think we knew this, and I just don't think I ever really thought about it, but they diagram it for us this week. It's really it's really little. It's really, like, skinny under there, but it's got a lot of fur and the little, like, separation between its thorax and its <laughs> torso. 
is actually its own tail wrapped around its body, creating this sort of uh, like, like a corset cinch. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Or whatever. You know, do whatever makes you happy, per ugly. You're not for me. This one is too conceited for my taste. Yep. So we meet Karina and her cricketune. Meet Karina and her cricketune. Keep in mind, this is all just like, we're still just waiting for Mako to show up with this fucking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're just exactly. a dude. We're just here, you know? We're not getting paid for any of this. Yeah, I have no idea how I'm making any money. Tim is like an intern. Not even. He's not even really. Like, it wasn't until this week that you were, like, invited to sit down at the office. Oh, right. Because he was PCL's uh, intern. He's not showing up to work, I guess, after locking up up one of their scientists. (laughs) Gets him fired, presumably. But yeah, we're here. And it turns (laughs) out that this famous violinist is going to play on the episode today. We get to watch the dress rehearsal. Lucky us. What a delight. Right after the performance, the rehearsal, which brought Detective Pikachu to tears. Yeah, literally. Cracked his stony heart. (laughs) Pikachu, calm down. Doesn't this music move you at all? You must have a heart made of stone. Yeah, yeah. You've shown the world that you're very sensitive, so you can stop now. Hey, Tim, do you think you could get your Pikachu to be a little more quiet? (laughs) See? (laughs) And cut! That was wonderful! Oh, you were amazing, Karina! Thank you. (laughs) Your music is so beautiful. (laughs) It really was. Backstage, she's humble and modest. But when she performs, she's proud and confident. That duality makes me breathless. Not the performance? Right after that, Tim and Pikachu did a really embarrassing gaffe. Really embarrassed me, too, personally. Detective Tanner Greenring. Yeah, me too. Detective Um, Feebosh. Feebosh, yeah, that's it. No chance of ever becoming that melodic. Oh, we never even commented on the fact that the Feeboss that is back at the lake. Oh, yeah. (laughs) At the end of the Cappuccino Island turns into... Evolves into a Milotic after getting bashed in by a Crawdon. That Crawdon. Yeah. Oh, good. So you made his best friend Milo. You made the Milotic's yeah. best friend Milo. Good job, Pokemon. Come company. on. Get your shit together. Give us something we can use. Read some Joseph Campbell. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tim and, and Pikachu commit this really embarrassing gaffe where they fumble this priceless violin and smash it to pieces yeah and it's clear it's an accident and no one's mad at tim and pikachu they're not pressing charges but they go and stick their little noses into it anyway don't they they do um and that becomes sort of the the mystery that sees us through to the end of the chapter the case of the broken violin it was one of the hosts yeah the guy max he did it he replaced the priceless violin with a replica and had the replica smash so that he could sell the actual violin. A victimless crime, as far as I'm concerned. And something that the insurance companies would have just eaten. And honestly, everyone probably would have been fine. <laughs> Sorry I'm coming down so hard. Well, other than Karina, whose priceless like violin that was signed by her grandfather who built it is destroyed. That would be, yes. Or is that sold would be on the black market or whatever. I'll admit that that would be unfortunate. She would lose 
that connection to her grandfather. Right. She would get a whole new violin, probably top of the line. I'm sure she's really well insured. Well, sure. So you, again, you're like bad guy shit. Like you want to take the side of Max, like who he's just trying to pay off his debts, like his gambling debts or something. Just feeling it. Everyone's got a story, man. He thinks that he's about to get canned. So he stages this whole thing because he needs to sell that violin in order to pay off his debts. His chat tot does him in. His chat tot because like a parrot, it repeats, you know, that's his act. It's like a ventriloquist act, basically, but with a chat tot. You knock, you whistle, you you click your tongue, and chat tot says it does different things. Yeah. And sometimes the things it says results in you going to prison. Yeah. Because you learned how to imitate Olivia, and Max used that power to implicate Olivia in the oh, crime. Oh, Olga? Olga, sorry. Yeah. Olga. And Max uses that ability to imitate Olga and implicate Olga and place her at the scene of the crime. So he can swap the violins. Yeah. And then Keith. Keith gets dragged into this, who's like a cameraman. Keith is involved. Yeah, Keith is here. Yeah. Because Mako shows up with the tape. And we discover that Charizard was triggered by... That's right. His rage, his like his rampage was triggered by a balloon he was holding being popped. And presumably there was some R in there. Argas. Yeah, during the parade. Yeah. And the camera zooms out and we see that it was a Skoropi. Skoropi? Skoropi, I think. Using a uh, poison sting. It's like a JFK. It's like the second shooter. Telling you. Yeah, it was like ripped from the like Zapruder film. Yeah. <laughs> and we see that the Skoropi is under the command of camera operator or like somebody, <laughs> some, some nobody at, at GNN. Some staffer, Keith. Yeah. And then we're like, well, that's weird. And then we walk out of the hallway and Keith's literally running away. We're like, okay, I guess God, we need to chase him down. God, I can't believe all this happened. We were trapped on this 21st floor for just so long. I couldn't find my way out of Karina's room for a really long time because you had to go into every dressing room and like ask them questions. And this is, as Tanner was talking about earlier, we're like, there's no guidance at a certain point. Like I had checked all their little dialogue boxes, her and a uh, and Cricketune, and then every time I go to the door to try to get out, Detective Pikachu would be like, "Hold on, like I think Karina's got more to say." And then you go over and talk to Karina, and you she just says the same shit. She's like what? And then it took me like five minutes before I realized that up and right up in the foreground, it's because I needed to like look at. Not talk to Karina, look at the broken violin, which is where you see that it doesn't have the inscription. Which is only vaguely implied in the <laughs> in the conversation that leads up to that. Yeah. You know, she mentioned, she's like, oh, my violin, like, it's so precious to me because it was inscribed by my grandfather. And like, now that's lost. So that connection is lost forever, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I guess you're just supposed to figure out that you need to go out of your way to approach this violin and, and click on it. Yeah. I think I got lucky. So... You know, case closed. Case closed. We do catch Keith. And I think this is where we see Mewtwo once again floating over us being like, ah, oh, good job, Tim. Or, ah, he's making more progress than I wanted. No, I thought that this is where he says like, mm, it seems that the Pikachu is holding up its end of the bargain or something. Yes, that's right. And we don't know what the hell that means. Yeah. Detective Pikachu seems somehow tied in with this, this Mewtwo, which makes sense. It's got this pretty unusual ability to presumably psychically communicate with Tim Human since no one else can hear it. Yeah, so the Mewtwo is like, oh, this is interesting. Lots for us to talk about. Nobody else ever gets to talk to me. 
We'll figure that out next week, Detective Fibosh. Yes, um, we will. In the meantime, feel good about cleaning up the mean streets of Rhyme City today. I don't know about you. I think we threw a lot of really bad people behind bars. <laughs> Some really hardened criminals, yeah. Yeah. Those streets are getting cleaner and cleaner every week. Yeah, and I'm really excited about Carnival. Me too. I'm going to get wild during Pokemon Carnival. Get rip shit. Detective Fibosh and... Bug shoes, should we call them during the Detective Pikachu episodes? It's like gum shoes and bug catchers combined. Bug shoes, yeah. I mean, okay, you figured it out at the end of the second episode of three Detective Feebosh, <laughs> bug shoes. Thanks for joining us this week. A few cases open and shut. Yeah. Now we've got a blank slate, a blank docket. So we're going to um, probably just go hit the bar, drown these worries, drown these, kill these demons. Chase them away. There's a speakeasy in the back of that hi-hat cafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they brew all the, the liquor inside of Shuckles. It's so gross. Yeah, but man. <laughs> It'll get you fucking lifted. That's some primo stuff. <laughs> Joshua, people can rate and review the show on and Apple. Can and should. Apple Music. Is that what it's called? Apple Podcasts. Podcasts now. It's different apps now, Tanner. Apple Podcasts um, and should do that. Mm -hmm. And recommend the show to a friend, especially if that friend likes Detective Pikachu. They can just hop in here. Just do three episodes if they want, in and out. Yeah. And hopefully you're playing along, but if not, like we said, you could just throw it on YouTube, put that thing on 1.5 speed, and you can just play right along. You'll get the you'll get the, the gist. Yeah. Please do follow us at EXP Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Please do prepare yourselves because we're two short episodes away from starting. Let's go. Well, now we're only one. One episode away. After this. Oh my god. We're starting Let's Go, Pikachu, and Let's Go, Eevee. Back to Kanto. So get your carts ready and your switches ready, and welcome to the new gen and the new system. Well, it's still the same gen for some reason. Mm, debatable. <laughs> yes, we will be playing a, uh, a classic-style nine-episode uh, run, just like our first season. Yep, and I think we're probably going to think up some pretty wild rules to play along with. We will we've... be doing something. We've played Gen 1 remakes how many times now? Oh, my God. Including the three, the epilogue of Gen 2? Three, four. Many times. So we're going to do something interesting. We hope that you will join us. Uh, it's so easy because it's carts or digital download. I mean, Switch. You, you all got Switches. Come on. You'll get your Switch right now and download it. Yeah. On the eShop. And in the meantime, you can also follow our subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash bugcatchers, or I guess... Bug shoes. You know what else we can do? Sorry. Sorry. Bug shoes. Hopping back for a second. We can finally fucking battle these people online. Oh, yeah. We're really going to be out there and loving every minute of it. Exposed. Yeah. Well, they still use that friend code crap. So expect that. Certainly expect that. Case closed. Episode closed. Joshua. Bug shoes. Alola. Alola. Smell you later. How do we start it? Hello and welcome. We're like private eyes, right? Oh, God. Um, yeah, right. Uh, what did you do on the last see one? See here. Uh, no, what do they say? Now listen here. No. I don't have like a convincing detective voice. 
What does a detective say? Yeah. What should I say if a detective calls to ask me questions? Oh, that's useful. What should I what should you say? Let's see. Call my fucking lawyer is what you should say. Tell the officer you respect him and the tough job he does every day. Absolutely not. <laughs>